0: Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at visitsouthbend.com.
1: You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley, both of us from Irish Illustrated and it is the aftermath of Notre Dame's 48 to 20 victory over USC Notre Dame's sixth straight home win over USC and Tim I you know I don't certainly we didn't expect Notre Dame to win by four touchdowns but we did ex- expect a bounce back strong performance i thought the offensive line despite looking at the numbers did much better it was they were able to spring Audric Estime and to get some some traction in the ground game the passing game was modest, but it was the defensive performance that won the day. Everybody's a big L. Golden fan. Now for the what really was an absolutely sensational plan for USC's offense and Caleb Williams, they kept him contained. Very rarely did he escape from the pocket and have something to run for. The the, the Notre Dame secondary did an outstanding job, mainly in man-to-man coverage against a, a, a group of quality receivers. And then even everything from the second level with the linebackers coming up and and filling gaps when when Caleb Williams did want to run a football, just a sensational plan and execution uh by the Notre Dame defense
0: against USC. I think of all things we did not expect was three interceptions for USC. If you told me they would uh, get to Caleb Williams and corral him, get some sacks, pressures, and tackle much better than last year, I think, yeah, I, I think that's what they worked on. Oh,
1: we, long, la- we laughed about the possibility time. No, I didn't. I mean,
0: <laughs> we were thinking tipped three. interceptions only, really. Um, they, that was, they really got into Caleb Williams. By the way, did you see Caleb Williams' fumble recovery on Bubakar Traore's sack? Uh, not exactly. the best fumble recovery I've ever seen in my entire life because that's also two Notre Dame defenders for a scoop and score right there. He falling down, being pulled away from the ball, just reaches out with his hand and snatches a bouncing football and brings it back to himself. It is uh, incredible. I know yeah, it's, I, I, a, it, it's an incredible play. Um, so that's the best thing he did, though, in the first half. And was, that is amazing.
1: <laughs> For no and I, don't know, I, I don't know that anybody was in a position to scoop and score because they were in a more celebratory
0: uh, yeah, uh, but, um, mode. Yeah. Fantastic night for Notre Dame fans, for Notre Dame's coaching staff and players. They absolutely needed it in every way. I think you can lose to Caleb Williams and USC in a way we said they would 34 30 if you come into that game undefeated, or maybe if you come into that game and you just crushed Louisville. Either what you know, but they this would have been a, a problem for Notre Dame going forward. And I just want to reiterate it is 12 tragic plays on football Saturdays. In college, and we jump to conclusions all the time when we watch Notre Dame play one football game about everybody in the program. It's they Al Golden was getting fired last time he played Caleb Williams. Now people are wondering where he's going to coach next year, if it's going to be on the East Coast as a head coach. Is he going to go straight to the pros? Is the Broils Award going to go to the first time ever? Two loss defensive coordinator. It is a great week for Notre Dame fans because they get to go into the bye week as a Everything but a playoff team is how Notre Dame can feel about their football team in terms of positivity. Everything but that is on the horizon, and the rest of the country loves them briefly, too.
1: Yeah, as we know, uh, it, the narrative changes every seven days. Bubakar Triore has to be on the field now, which maybe he uh, does. I'd put which, him on the field as well. Which maybe he does. I'm not does. discounting that. But we do have a question in the second segment about him, and uh, I'm not sure that most people know how to pronounce his name yet uh but but they do want him on the field and i and i get that and you know really it was it was a complete performance win over usc now i understand that the offense didn't produce big numbers but the defense obviously was outstanding The the special teams played their role with price and um some key blocks that we can talk about on, on that one that i saw on film and then I mean, the offense struggled, there's no doubt about it, but they did turn the three turnovers, the three interceptions in the first half into three touchdowns, a couple of them short fields. Uh, so that's small consolation because I know a lot of people are still very upset with the direction of the defense, and understandably so.
0: The offense they yeah. have
1: they have lost their way. I mean, Jared Parker has has lost his way in the process here, and of course, we'll talk about that more, but I mean, for right now, I would like to focus on that defensive game plan and the execution. It's one thing to have a game plan, and coaches come out of it saying, "You know, we didn't, we didn't execute the way we wanted to." The Notre Dame coaching staff, the defensive staff, can say they absolutely executed the the way they wanted to defensively on so many different levels in in, in terms of. You know, what they did with the wide receivers, how they limited them. They limited the yards after catch generally. Uh, well, I mean, yardage just in general. I mean, you
0: can't completely limit it. It's USC. Yeah, their guys exactly. make plays, the, man. You
1: can't. The, the slants, you can't stop. And that was most of their damage really was was, was slants. But the four-point, we talked about this after the game, Tim, the, the 4.1 yards per snap of a Caleb Williams-led offense is just fantastic.
0: You know, I mentioned this in the report card. I and I think Joe Schmidt actually echoed it on Twitter. I can't think of a better defensive performance considering what you're facing this season in college football than Notre Dame against Caleb Williams because it wasn't weather related. It wasn't like a pouring rainstorm in 20 deg- or 20, 34 degrees, pouring rain, winds everywhere. The weather was fine to play football in. It was absolutely fine. Caleb Williams, less than 200 yards passing in a a situation where he was had to bring them back and had to be able to throw the ball three picks all those sacks when Caleb Williams ran you never thought in this game oh god they just let him go one was all right he kept it on fourth and one and he's just too fast and the other one was he escaped and Leah found out he's just too fast it's a it's a the speed his speed is unique he's a unique athlete I know people are killing him right now and it's it's nice that Notre Dame finally took a Heisman away from a USC player instead of helping him win it (laughs) in these matchups um but I, you're not going to find a better effort against a team. I look back at Utah and everybody's like, you know, I know they use Utah's game plan a little bit. We talked about that in the post game overtime. Yeah, I mean, the first game against Utah, he had five touchdown passes and no picks. So I think he did OK when they lost to Utah in that beautiful game plan. And then he had, what was it, three and one on a hamstring in the yeah. championship game? Notre Dame, this is the best Caleb Williams has ever seen in one game against him, I bet, in his life.
1: Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, you, you because you, b- because in my head, I have the images of last year's game and the images of Saturday night's game. And it, they are so different because he had, now he ran around a lot and had, he's great.
0: It's <laughs> tremendous. I mean, it's, you know, I
1: mean, la- last year he had to do yeah. that, but like you can see in your mind, every time he thought on Saturday night, okay, I can go here. Oh, I can't do that. I can go here. I can't do that. And it was just, yeah. and that's what I'm talking about. The execution, of the defensive plan, guy the the defensive line staying in their lanes, the timing of linebackers breaking up, like when when and Bertrand would see Williams starting to think, okay, I'm going to take off, they would break up and then take that idea out of his head. It was just, it was brilliant. And then you mix it with the man to man coverage on the back end against quality receivers. Brendan Rice was neutralized.
0: They all, I mean, when you think that, so you know how you look at stats and say, oh, Brett, Benjamin Morrison gave up a touchdown. No, he didn't. <laughs> Caleb Williams ran around for five seconds and threw a backhand. Oh, that yeah. I mean, that's, that's just amazing play. Their defense was fantastic. Um, If you think J.D. Bertrand was probably the fourth best defender in that game for Notre Dame. And that is an MVP effort he put forward. I mean, Javante Jean-Baptiste was all over Caleb Williams. We already know Xavier Watts was the best. Howard Cross was all over Caleb Williams, as he always is. Benjamin Morrison had a great day. Javante, J.D. Bertrand had a great day. Any of that's, those guys behind Xavier Watts.
1: S.P. Of Mosapha played in Notre Dame uniform. Yeah,
0: fantastic. Effort. Riley Mills played well again. Uh, it's yep, an amazing yep. effort by the defense. They are streaking. Uh, you can go ahead and lament the fact that they lost to Louisville. Um, really, you should lament the loss that they lost. You should lament the loss to Ohio State because they got beat by Louisville pretty good. They got their butts kicked by Louisville. Um, feels like a one-loss team. It's a two-loss team, but it was that was a tough. It was a tough stretch, and they they are peaking right now, going at the right time. Um, and so is their next opponent, but we'll get to that next week.
1: They're peaking right now, so it was a bad time for a, a bye week. Is that what you're telling nope.
0: me? I mean, peaking right now going into November. Oh, fantastic. okay. I
1: just want to give you trouble. But, the time, hey, having Thomas Harper back was a great thing as well.
0: The <laughs> bye week's not going to help against Pitt, I can tell you that much. But it would be better than if they had to play right now. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jalen Sneed played. Oh, yeah, Thomas uh, Harper.
0: Good point. <laughs> Thomas Harper yeah. was fantastic. I
1: mean, Thomas Harper, a, a complete difference maker with him on the field. He impacts.
0: Cam everybody. Hart allowed 10 yards, Tim. Pardon me? Cam Hart allowed 10 yards passing.
1: Uh, he he was, he was amazing too. Most of his coverage was was off coverage. You saw a lot of press from Morrison. Yeah, Morrison. Had, you know, I don't like in retrospect. You can look at it and say, okay, there were some PIs and some holding calls, defensive holding calls. But you know, when you're when you're playing a a group like that, some of those aren't bad penalties.
0: No, they're not. In fact, <laughs> if you think about it, it was three first downs and thirty five yards on notre dame's defense for holding and penalty penalties but 30 yards back the other way because they also drew two offensive pass interference penalties the, re- the corners notre right. dame drew two offensive pass interference penalties it was basically they gave up a first down over the, in the, one,
1: the, the one bad i would say the one bad penalty against morrison was that the interference on first and 25 where it just kind of you know ran the yep. guy over i don't remember which receiver it was but you know that's that's going to happen i you, you, you split this split second decisions we have a question in the second segment about marcus freeman's decision at the end of the first half to call a timeout sometimes split de- second decisions um you, you just you have to do what you have to do and have to react the way you think you need to react based upon what you're seeing
0: i was really glad the special teams um had that Jadarian Price touchdown to kind of offset branch, Zachariah branch, because first of all, Zachariah branch is the closest thing to punting to Desmond Howard and rocket right now in, in college football. He he's if, when he catches the ball, I know Jason Garrett said, uh Oh, a hundred too many times every time the ball was punted. The second he made his, he reversed field for a half a second on that part return, you looked, we just like, Oh God, you knew exactly where that ball was going. It was coming back the other way. And the unicorn Bryce McPherson was able to maintain his angle and uh, knock him out of bounds.
1: You know who else chased that down it was Jason Anya coming from yeah. from a, a putt protector position. Which
0: is- my my point was though that I thought the special teams had such a good plan and they got you know they got twenty six yards on a return and twenty five yards on a return and Spencer Schrader kicked well and Bryce McPherson kicked away from him. It was good that they were able to offset the sixty yarder with a Jadarian Price kill shot because otherwise I don't think Marty Biagi's effort would have been. Um, properly appreciated in that game.
1: Yeah, and that came at the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter, where you know you're just expecting this mad rush now by USC, yeah. three and out, and USC gets the ball. And 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 so at that point, the game's over because that that just completely deflated USC. They're back down by um, eighteen, I guess, at that point, and uh, it's three scores again, and and they're done. So that was that was huge. It was huge for Jadarian Jadari Price. Darian Price has had one carry of the football
0: in three games, which they tried to get him a screen, right? And we were thinking yeah. that might be this that might have been the Ohio State the, screen.
1: I think that was the Ohio State screen, but uh, whereas their defensive end acted uh, reacted differently, so did their outside. I don't know if it was outside backer or safety or what, but you know it's pro- <laughs> Tim,
0: you know what the problem with these Ohio State two games are? We can look back years from now and call it the Ohio State double safety blitz and the Ohio State screen, and we're going to know exactly what we're talking about. That's an unfortunate way to to drop two games to a power program like that. Yeah. Double uh, safety blitz is worse. Double safety blitz is worse.
1: Yeah, and I and you know we've never liked those uh, uh, Benjamin Morrison corner blitzes, although that's, that's how they got there. Was it the second interception? I think it was the second interception. And that was also – there was some really good push from Josh Burnham up the middle on their – he, he actually came – he curled around and came up the middle and hooked up with their right guard, number 52, and really kicked his butt. I like Josh Burnham. I, I just would like to see him on I can on tell you like
0: Josh Burnham. There's a I lot of – I do. I do.
1: I, just, I think that he's very – he's extremely productive per snap of the football. And, I, I you know, I mean, his future is really, really bright at Notre Dame. Um, but you'd like to see him on the field a bit more. But, I, I, hey, I get it. I know Safa played – Really, really quality football the other day. Um, he had four tackles, which is probably a career high. I didn't check. But he's still so great. He is probably the best at all of them of executing the game plan when it comes to staying in your pass rush lanes. And and I think he might have played a little bit more than nor- than he had been and, uh, and, uh, and played really well. Tim, anything and else?
0: It had funny? to be his best game in you know, a win because, remember, everybody forgets he was great. Against Stanford last year, but he was They're there were no, there wasn't a lot of great in that game for Notre Dame.
1: Not. So yeah, best best performance in a in a win. But um you know, and I and I just the last thing I hear in segment one, I just the offensive line did enough for them to be successful in the running game. Now, if you look at the numbers, you say, Oh no, they weren't. But uh I was just I almost said Bettis. Uh estimate
0: it would have been estimate. a nice thing. It would have been good.
1: Yeah, estimate carved out some space the offensive line carved out some space i thought um i thought coogan played better i thought um spindler did some good i the the real challenge here was bear alexander in the middle of that defensive line and and zeke Correll having to handle him at times they they ended up resorting to double teams because that is that is really too much of an ask for, for Zeke Corral
0: on a, hey, smart, I agree. a and basis. There was a question on our board saying, and I think it was sarcastic towards us, but he must not have watched the game back or not watched the middle of the fi- of the line. What happened to the great bear Alexander? Well, he was mucking up everything. Well, he had what, to be, he is what had, the great bear Alexander did is what his job is.
1: Yeah. The great bear Alexander had to be accounted for frequently by two guys. Um, Look,
0: (laughs) I'm I'm with you on the offensive line, though, Tim, because and I think I think actually most readers were too. I I gave the rushing offense a B. And the final explanation was Notre Dame's rushing attack last night was undervalued over these last 16 hours. Its stubbornness kept the pedestrian passing game afloat. Without that offensive line's push and without the fact that Sam Hartman was not ever officially pressured, although that's not how it works with when you kind of go back and look. Yeah, no quarterback hurries listed, no sacks, not really ever in jeopardy. That's a great effort by the offensive line because the one thing USC has is the great Bear Alexander to push and also some edge rushers, some undisciplined edge rushers that did not get home.
1: Yeah, sometimes good players don't play well in the next game that we're about to watch and evaluate. It doesn't mean that they're not good football players. Bear Alexander is really good. And and USC's interior defensive line is so much better for having him because they don't get gashed up the middle like they did last year uh what was estimate's longest run was only it was 14 yards 14
0: yards but they had a if I told you before the game Notre Dame's gonna have 60% rush efficiency against Ohio USC all right win uh
1: absolutely in the game that's what they had absolutely take that
0: good question there I don't know if it's on our. I hope I don't know if it's on our. I think might have been on the board it is surprising he did not get another second level run though estimate because there was enough of a push where you thought he might Usually, when he gets to the second level, there's problems. I think USC tackled actually a little better than they normally do at the second level in this game, too.
1: They tackled way better than one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did. How about the, the, uh, I'm trying to think who the runner was. It was, um, uh, Kalen Bullitt that came up from the safety position. Remember that
0: he's, play? Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's going to be drafted too. He's a player too.
1: Was, I don't know if it was, it might have been Jeremiah Love that he, he,
0: it was Love. Know. Love had a rough day getting free.
1: Yeah, he did. It, there, there was not much room for, for him to to maneuver. And then, you know, uh, only uh, again, J- Jadarian Price not not getting the touches. You hope that he can get some more touches here as they they move forward. We have plenty to address in segment two, and we will do that uh, in segment two. But uh, first, you've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Homefield because their designs are the best out there. Some of Irish Illustrated's favorites are the Sam Hartman Vic, Victory March T, the Script Tee, and the Retro Long Sleeve. I do like that long sleeve. Be sure to go to homefieldapparel.com, filter by Notre Dame, and see what we're talking about. There's also currently an exclusive football bundle, which includes a baseball tee, sweats, a hoodie, and more. It's the perfect gift for a fellow Irish fan or a perfect gift to treat yourself for being a loyal Notre Dame fan. And our listeners get the exclusive deal using code Irish Illustrated. Irish Illustrated gets you a 15% off discount on your first order. We know you're all wearing Nordam gear. So if you're in need of a refresh, we really think you should check out Homefield Apparel. Their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Homefield is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com. And again, use our code Irish Illustrated for 15% off your first order. Segment two coming up, Burning Up the Boards.
0: If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express Transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit gamedayyourway.com.
1: Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50 plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris and Rome. Visit AirLingus.com to book today.
0: Welcome back to segment two, burning up the boards. Our first question is from Mac three four one. Did you see more from the offensive line to say things are moving back into the right direction?
1: Yeah, I think it was a step forward. Uh, again, not yardage wise, but it was a it was a step forward. What well, heck, twenty eight carries for forty four yards a week before. It doesn't take much to step forward. But I did think I thought the guards played better. I thought uh, Zeke Corral battled against a really tough assignment. Still, don't see Blake Fisher flashing. Think like we expect, uh, but you know it. It, it was progress against the defensive line at USC that's giving up like four point one yards per carry, which isn't great, but yeah. it's, it's it's better. Fine, though, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think so. Pass protection was good. We didn't uh, you remember we were talking about Sol, uh, Solomon Bird and and uh, mm-hmm. Jamil Muhammad pregame, and, and Muhammad got banged up at one point. I think he continued to play, but. Those guys weren't much of a a factor in the pass rush. That may be the the most impressive thing is that, um, you know, Hartman wasn't sacked or wasn't pressured. As you said, those QBHS are. That's a really really inconsistent stat that people that varies from one stadium to the next. Yeah, yeah. But they did they did a really good job
0: of protecting Hartman. Anytime it says zero, it does mean he didn't get home very often. Though, <laughs> no yeah. matter how you want to look at QBH, it, it definitely means he wasn't hit. Otherwise, that would be try that would be go down as a as a QB hurry. Um, I think the biggest, the, the strangest thing about this season is as long as you get out of your head, they're like, oh, they have the best offensive line in the country. Like people always like to say about Notre Dame before season start. They also don't have an offensive line that ever should have played like that against Louisville and Duke. I don't. To this, it's going to be weird for me to to try and reconcile that eight terrible quarters um they are noticeably better at home i think i i kind of dismissed that a little bit too much last week pregame. they've been very good against ohio state and very good against usc at home um ohio state's defensive line is very good so that counts nc state's defensive line is very good i don't know how you grade that nc state game really i guess you give them a job well done because of the 45 offensive points and the 80 yard touchdown run they certainly would have lost most if you graded every down as a coach, I bet they lost they lost more than they won in the NC State game. So you're probably looking at two bad games, two good games, and a you know, win.
1: Yeah, the discouraging thing with Louisville was and you saw it, Tim, you 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 said it as soon as the game started about how many guys that that Louisville had in the yeah. box and they did that consistently. And that it look, let's face it, it's difficult to come up with answers when somebody is that extreme with it, like like say Navy was, you know, last year. But you have to come up with answers. And and then and they didn't. And ultimately, you know, that's what leads to a forty four yard rushing game. But no, I thought it was I thought it was better. And Tim, I'm gonna jump ahead to a question here to tie that in with uh with another one, and that's go Irish eighty two. Everyone talks about third down efficiency. What do you think about the second down calls?
0: Yeah, it's a great question because I started last Friday a study on this when I went back and looked at the Louisville first down offense that I thought was going to be tragic, and it was absolutely just fine. They were nothing wrong with Notre Dame's first down play calls and their yardage gained in that game. So second down has been the problem leading into third and longs. Notre has been very successful on first down. Um, bad radio here, but I'm going to pull it up. Obviously, they were tremendous on first down in the non-Power 5 games, and that's not what people want to talk about it anymore and, and, and i agree but if you're going to be over four or five yards of carry on first down versus usc ohio state duke and louisville something's wrong if your third down offense is if your third down offense is this bad and it really is second down so i'm interested to dive into it and see what tendencies there are all right nc state they average 7.12 yards per first down snap Ohio State, 4.24. Totally fine. Duke, 4.53. And Louisville, 4.29. Those aren't great winning numbers against those last three, um, but they're absolutely keep you ahead of the chains. In fact, that is considered an efficient first down play. So, and then of course it's absurd against the other teams that don't count anymore. Yeah.
1: You know, I've always felt like second down calls are, I mean, those are the hardest to make because if you, if you like let's say you throw incomplete on first down. Well,
0: well, you remember it used to be a handoff all the time to Cam McDaniel. Who was it then? Yeah. <laughs> it was it <laughs> Chuck back then? Who was the OC that always handed off on second and ten? For to,
1: yeah, I mean, and you really I mean, you look across college football and you see a lot of that. You throw incomplete on first down, and it's almost like there's an obligation to run it on second down sometimes. But second downs, I think, are the the key right now, and and this is a. I mean yeah, this is a good time for a bye week for Jared Parker and the offense because they have to come up with some solutions. This is this is absolutely not sustainable as you move forward.
0: Yeah, the third as down. The third there's no good calls for third and long, though. They're they're just no, not going to be great not, on no, third and long.
1: There's no doubt, unless you have Caleb Williams and Nordames not the defense playing against them. Uh
0: but and receivers. That is one issue on third down. Yeah,
1: no no doubt. There there's no doubt. It it is a combination of things. You can't just say it it's not just Jared Parker. It is Sam Hartman not being as accurate as he was earlier in the season. It is the wide receivers not being targetable, targetable because that's just a a a a low percentage proposition right now. Yes. Um so it it is a combination of things, and they're going to have to figure out a way to combine those things for more progress.
0: And then in a related note, we'll go back to this because Tim, you just put some stats out too for the receivers. Denver Maximus asks, with the wide receivers having only two catches versus USC, should we quit hoping something becomes something? It will not be a consistently explosive offense. Yeah, and you gave I have three. Yeah, you got the stats here. Yeah,
1: the la- the last three games, the uh, the wide receiver targets have been. It was four for 14 against Duke. It was 11 for 21 against Louisville. And as you point out, Tim, most of those were chasing yeah, into a three-score deficit. And then Saturday, it was just they targeted White House just nine times and connected on five of them. And four of those are by Chris Tyree, the former running back, and Jordan Faison, the former walk-on wide receiver, who had the other one. Um. Flores. Flores yeah. had the 24 yep. yarder. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they're just not, they're not it's not a high percentage decision right now to target receivers. They need that we've said this for three weeks now. You need Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse, two of your best wideouts. There's no doubt about that. You need them on the field and healthy. healthy so you healthy can those are easy. Now, those are easy guys to make a decision that hey, we want to target them, but they've got to be healthy. In order to target them.
0: Yeah, very quickly, because people are going to ask Um, in this last game, do I have the last game pulled up? Let's hope I do. Another bad radio moment here for me. I think I have the last game pulled up. But the targets um or the or the snaps, you were asking how much Great House played. I mean, he actually played second most among the receivers. Um but no one got more than three targets at what receiver, Chris Tyree with three. Tobias Merriweather did see a dip in his target or in his snaps. He's never, I, I do think he's hurt though, too. Um, I don't want to yes. spend all season making excuses for Tobias Merriweather, but 16 snaps for Merriweather, 16 snaps for Rico Flores, 32 snaps for great house. Obviously Jaden Thomas is still kind of working his way back. Um, Cause he only had six snaps. We, I thought going into the league, it was going to be the other way around, but it turned, as JB said in our instant analysis, pregame, look for Jaden Greathouse to play and start. Um, He only had one. Need, star. You one need target. to find something out of Great House, Flores, Tyree, Faison, and Thomas going forward in the passing game and allow Merriweather to help too. But right now, Merriweather, is, or going into the game, Merriweather was 26 career targets with eight catches. That's, that's, horrible. that's a that's a bad situation, but they need him a little bit. Um, but I do think those other five, You you got to get something because USC was able to take Mitchell Evans away. I don't think there are people aren't always going to be able to take Mitchell Evans away. They were not always going to have a safety and linebackers that can do it, but he needs help. We talked about it a lot. Great house and Thomas are the guys to help. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the question is consistent, explosive offense. And I think we're, we're, that will not happen. Don't don't be, don't be looking for that. But I mean, productivity from the wide receivers, the guys that you mentioned, Tyree, I like Faison on on the field, Flores, Thomas and great house. Flores so,
0: made a play to help set up a touchdown. He had the twenty-four yarder. Yeah. He had a drop. I consider that a drop because he dropped it before he got hit. Coming across yeah,
1: the middle. It, yeah, that's a. He knows he's going to get lit up, and that's yeah. a. He could have really got, have gotten lit up there. Uh, they just, you know, James Thomas is the. He's the upper. He's the leader of the the wide receiver core, and he's been. You know, he hasn't been a factor the last three games. And so-, so
0: did you ever see where he got hurt against Ohio State? I did in the second half. You can see when he goes down blocking. I have a feeling he was already hurt the way he went down on his hamstring. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I can't see when guys hurt their hamstrings. But he was blocking on the sideline, and he just collapsed to the ground. So and they never play again. That, I'm just assuming that's how he was hurt. Um, these eight days are important for Jaden Thomas to get healthy for the stretch run. And he has another break, too. They just would, need him out there. He's, he's very important to the offense. Uh,
1: no, it, it, I mean, it, it has to be more than he needs to be a viable yeah. target, not not just out there, But I, I know what, uh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when, when it comes to the, uh, the bye week yes, it absolutely uh, is, is essential, critical to the, the wide out core moving forward. We have a question from play like a champ seven L golden's defense continues to impress. Does he get a head coaching call? What are your thoughts on what's most likely to happen? One, he chooses to stay. Two, he leaves and ND promotes from within and play like a champ would like Mike Mickens elevated to coordinator. Or three, there's a name outside of Notre Dame that Freeman absolutely will target.
0: Uh two is the most likely for me by a wide margin, and Mike Mickens is going to be a defensive coordinator soon. So he's been a great for Notre Dame. He's been a great cornerback's coach for Notre Dame. Look at that unit. Compared to when he took over,
1: well, he's been fantastic. It's I don't fantastic. know if that, that translates to being a. a I don't. D- I don't know
0: if it does either. But he's going to get a shot because he's been fantastic, and that's what happens with position coaches—they get shots because they're fantastic. I think is how they all kind of evolve into a spot. But I think I think number two is more likely than three, and I don't think one is as likely as two or three.
1: How many cornerback coaches do you know as D coordinators?
0: I don't know off the top of my head because I don't think of that. I just unless don't they know. unless they coach at Notre Dame first. I don't really know where they
1: Right. I yeah. look, Mike Mickens has done a, a fantastic job with the cornerbacks. I just don't know that I mean, how does that translate to coordinator? I guess you can say that about any guy that assists. Right. That, that's what I mean. I anyone, think
0: but He's probably yeah. already a passing game coordinator worthy um yeah right. offer, you know, that that type yeah. of thing.
1: No, I, I I mean I think he's been fantastic. I wouldn't I would hate to see it take away from from his productivity with the cornerbacks. I don't know if that would happen. Well, I, I In don't... a
0: perfect world, yeah, but we, want, we we got we're being selfish in this situation. Yeah. Mike Mickens probably wants to be a coordinator as all. No, I it. get
1: that. No, I get that. And I and I I just don't know if that's a a a, a legit correlation. He's a great cornerbacks coach. That doesn't mean great I, I I guess I've never looked at him as a coordinator because I don't think of cornerback coaches as
0: coordinators. Do you think Golden will stay?
1: I I don't think Golden will stay if he's offered something in the NFL or offered a coaching job.
0: I've always been surprised that we heard recently, or uh, it was probably in August, it's a blur, that there would be coaching interest, head coaching interest for an East Coast Power Five program. I I don't see him wanting to dive into the recruiting nature of this as opposed to like, going back to the NFL or staying one where you're at Notre Dame and going I, back to the I,
1: NFL. I agree. I agree with that sentiment. Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't know what the, the answer is to obviously it's a good question. Um, I got to believe that there's, I, I got to believe that Freeman has a, a a list of people that he has an eye on Well, that. I mean, part of which that he looked at before he chose L golden, but there is a, I mean, there, there is a, you almost have to name Mike your That's
0: what I'm saying. I I I know that's what
1: you're saying. Yes.
0: If you go get uh, the perfect world is Notre Dame finds a great experienced defensive. If okay, the perfect world is Al golden stays. The next best world is you get a experienced defensive coordinator and selfishly Mike Mickens stays on and is your cornerbacks coach and gets a raise and Notre Dame keeps recruiting and developing great corners. But that's just two people on a podcast saying it sure would be nice to have the great situation again next year.
1: Well, if it comes to, do you get to. Keep them, or you lose them. Well, then I want them to be the defense <laughs> yes, coordinator. That's, that's where I'm coming be, from. man <laughs> I want them to be coaching the cornerbacks. I just don't. Maybe I'm missing something here about D coordinators that are that coach corners. It it just seems because it's it's such a monster
0: secondary job. coaches. Because just what if I said secondary coaches, Tim?
1: Well, it seems like it's safety coaches that are coordinators, not cornerback coaches.
0: I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I he, think like if I said you know Elliot cooks well cooks was only a safeties coach too wasn't he yeah um i don't know i I think it's the term probably as opposed to if he's a secondary coach then it's just nowadays you have we only have about a is it a six-year window tim of separating coaches like this because they added a coach so you can always have 10 with special teams quarter safety corner um i think it used to be a lot of defensive back coach at notre dame which is part of it
1: Uh, look if mike mickens is three quarters of a coordinator that he is as a cornerbacks coach. I'm all for it. Sign me up.
0: I was being, I was just being selfish. That's just trying to keep everybody intact for a good defense after they beat USC and Caleb Williams. Tech Domer says Xavier Watts, the most dominant individual defensive performance for Notre Dame since. And he thinks back to Stefan to versus USC in the Andrew Hendricks game. I have a couple of different thoughts.
1: Yeah, he also, I mean, the first name that came to mind and actually Tech Domer included the name, that, uh, I think he mentioned Sampson as uh, Maurice Crum against Oh yeah. UCLA. Yeah. I don't remember his complete stats. For a linebacker to have three picks is crazy.
0: He was touchdowns too.
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's That's the first name that comes to mind. That's been a while now.
0: I mean, Howard Cross two weeks ago?
1: Howard Cross two weeks ago.
0: <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> he, yeah. he was dominant.
1: The memory loss is kicking in there. Howard Cross was just yeah. unbelievable. unbelievable. I mean,
0: uh, yeah. Another one, and this doesn't matter at all, but it does a little because you beat Miami, was Jeron Jones against Miami in 2016. Used their center as a projectile device the entire <laughs> game to get seven tackles for loss and five sacks. He was a, a monster. I mean, it was Miami. That's not playing Miami of Ohio. Oh,
1: exactly. I don't know that Miami was in a real good spot at that point. No,
0: but neither was Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. No, it was, uh, uh, and, and Tim, you and I talked about it like, and it wasn't just the first interception. It was by the second series. We're like, damn, what Watts is Watts is doing everything. And there was still way, way, way more to come.
0: Yeah. He was fantastic. I'm not taking away from it all. I'm just saying there's been a lot of good individual performances. Um, Trying to think back and excuse me in the secondary, it's tough. Uh, I'm sure Julian Love had himself a day in there where he probably had five pass breakups, and we're not thinking of it off the top of our head in 2017. Uh, Tavon Coney dominated LSU in the Citrus Bowl. I know that because I wrote him in as my MVP and was passing it in when Miles Boykin made that catch. Uh, No,pe it's give me that back. Give me that back real fast. Um, He was great in that. There's there's plenty, but boy No, I w-
1: I actually I would I would choose cross and, and again I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I mean Javante Jean Baptiste created the first interception and it was an overthrow right into the hands of, he had a great day. of Watts and the and the the scoop and score was created by Cam Hart's fumble, and lo and behold, Watts happened to be there. Uh again, I don't I'm not taking anything away from Watts, but When Howard Cross has a game like he did that, all of that is pretty much self-created by him.
0: Yeah. So that Coney game, I looked, I don't know how I had this at my fingertips, but I looked it up really fast. Coney's 17 tackles, 12 stuffs. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. Also um, off top of my head, this is because I ended up falling in love with the guy's pass rushing skills this game. Julian Aquara had eight QB pressures, seven on third down when they almost lost a pit in 2018 now he wasn't sacking him every time so it doesn't seem as cool but they would have lost to Pitt and not played for the playoffs. well uh
1: Benjamin Morrison had pretty good game last year too
0: against against Clemson yes he did (laughs) there's a lot of them there's a lot of them out there yeah Howard Cross is the answer though yeah
1: yeah Howard Cross is the answer from from, uh recently we have a question from BL Casper Bubakar Triare You've got to use him while you've got him, right? Seems like a waste to try to save a year of eligibility when he can help your pass rush now.
0: That That was game eight. Yeah, he's played one, and he can play a game 9, 10, 11, 12. I would would not redshirt him right now. If he turns his ankle in week 11, I certainly wouldn't play him in week 12. I would be prudent in that way. You don't get him ready to play one game. Oh, no, I know what you're saying, Tim. Play him four games.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can he can play three of the remaining five.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, but one of them I would play on these next two weeks and then you figure it out from there.
1: Maybe start the pit game and see how it starts out and if you jump to a lead. I you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they you have a little conversation with the kid himself and and see what he thinks about it. Um you know, like normally I would say, "Oh, let's not overreact to one snap." But we've seen that we saw snaps yeah. from Triari. Now those were against those were against a, a a young offensive lineman who's not ready to play by any means right now. Right. And this was the right technique. Hey, the interesting you mean thing you
0: mean was, in practice for people listening? You're not talking about the USC stack.
1: No, I. Yeah. The interesting thing was going into um, I don't have their offensive line. I know them by numbers right now. Going into the game, I thought. I thought their left tackle, number 79, was the most vulnerable. And it proved to be number 71, the right tackle. And J.J.B. set him up so beautifully. First of all, he beat him off the edge, you know, on the first interception. And then the next time they were in that situation, right off the snap, number 71, the right tackle, immediately moved to his right. And J.J.B. reacted perfectly and took, you know, they work on those kind of drills with Al Washington all the time is that that diagnosis. So depending upon which way that the offensive line moves, the offensive lineman moves, you have to react in the opposite reaction. That's what JJB did and just abused 71.
0: Best thing about uh, that whole, that whole topic, Tim, is that they didn't fire Al Washington. Like they were supposed to a few weeks ago in last year too, because that would have been a problem.
1: That's very true. Al Washington uh, caught a little bit, (laughs) caught a little bit of heat from Marcus Freeman. As they were heading in halftime, I assume it was Triore's lack of discipline. Snead the, the, too, yeah, and I think. That, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. Again, normally I would say we're talking about one play, but we have seen Triore in practice, and he is—he's absolutely a, a a a guy that coming up here, whether it's short-term future or long-term future, is going to be a real presence for Notre Dame in the pass rush.
0: Someone told you or told Samson, it might take a while, but we hit on Treori. That was back in August. They, there was one of those things where, you know what, It, it he's going to hit. We're not saying it was, he's it not was coming annoying. out. I but. don't
1: remember who told me that, but it was me that was told that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the wild thing is uh, he came here. I know there was talk about, well, is he a Viper or is he a strong side end? And I, I, I wasn't convinced that he was a Viper when they arrived in, in July. And I was wrong. I was wrong. He absolutely he absolutely has that quick twitch um, and, and, and the ability, I think, to be a real presence at that. And they need it because we're talking about it all the time. Everybody can be – virtually everybody can be a strong side.
0: I was going to say, I like him at strong side.
1: It's that quick twitch that you need on, on the opposite side.
0: Next question is ND Quebec. Has Notre Dame given up on Tobias Merriweather? That is a first-semester sophomore, Tim, in case you're scoring at home he was almost invisible saturday night.
1: Yeah, I was going to say no, they haven't given up on Tobias Merriweather long term, but short term, you know, obviously they're not trotting him out there as much and and when we cite the the uh, t- the receptions per targets, it's just not good and until that improves, those are those are hollow snaps. And so yes. you have to you have to react like a good coaching staff should midstream. And if he's not being productive, you have to go back out on the practice field again the next week and try to make him productive and earn that next opportunity on the field. But until then, those are hollow snaps, man. And, um, you can't have that now, especially with a young, this young receiver that you just threw into the equation against Louisville that, that, that I think has to get snaps based upon your current situation.
0: I agree that uh, Faison needs snaps. Um, It's still the same thing, though, that technically, or basically Tyree, Faison, and JG play the same spot. Um, Jaden Thomas back will lessen Merriweather's snaps, and Rico Flores continues. If this is his version of a rookie wall, he's fine. Good job, Flores. You're still battling and playing well. But you definitely need Tobias to help with the outside rotation, too. Now, he's going to go from number one in snaps to number five, I bet. And I would not think six is he's he's going to end up with more snaps going forward than Faison is. I just say for I that.
1: Think, Tim, the last guy that's going to give up on him is Chancy Stuckey because oh, no, Stuckey no, he's... The one that I mean, Chansey Stuckey is the one that is so or has been so optimistic about his upside.
0: I feel like I spend the last five podcasts defending Tobias Merriweather's future and his willingness to block because I spent the first three asking him to make a play. but they're both still true. It's still true. We did hear he could have sat out the Duke game with a hamstring injury, but they didn't have enough players. So he played, he gutted through that, played all those plays. Maybe he had a little bit of a hamstring strain going into this game. That's possible. But it's also, as I said, 26 career targets and eight catches going into the game is another reason why he lost some playing time. I
1: think you can't, you can't, you can't give up on a guy. I mean, just like when you say give up, that means forever. They're, they're, they're not in that spot.
0: <laughs> you, re- you reward play though and he his well, play would not be rewarded to be the number he's definitely not number one in snaps going forward that that's silly
1: No, i don't see that and then you know uh in comes micah gilbert in comes cam williams logan Saldate. uh i think gilbert is a guy that i i think gilbert is going to be you know, maybe this is silly talk gilbert's going to be on equal footing to cam williams when he comes in
0: I think that's a great call. But the only reason when you said silly, I wanted to say right before that if this were 2021 and Notre Dame's receiving core was struggling, you would say, Yeah, I got Tobias Merriweather coming in next year. So, yeah, no, I know. On.
1: I get, no, I totally get that. But I mean, you project and you anticipate yep. those guys coming in. And, um, you know, Braylon James, I, you know, I don't know. I think he's got a lot of progress that that he needs to make. But the skill set, you know, the skill set there is comparable to Merriweather is it not I mean just flat skill set
0: You he'll have 20 months on uh, Notre Dame's football program by the time he needs to make a play next year Braylon James that helps too to he get in rotation I mean, I mean, everything
1: we're told he has a long way to go
0: yes yeah but 20 months is good <laughs> you can, hey once again if I if I scream make a play to Tobias Merriweather I might say the fa- same thing in 23 months if Braylon James is in there as well because oh, at no, some point you gotta
1: very true question from joe t or joe ty not a question okay it's not a question he says not a question just <laughs> wanted to say how nice it was to see nolan Ziegler in uniform running down the field good for him tim if you haven't seen it yet he was on uh he was on kick return i'm not sure exactly what else he's on but he was feisty and uh aggressive very active and yeah i i didn't i didn't well, no, that's not true. I did see him in the game. I did tell you, I said during the game. He did. Yeah, you mentioned him yeah. there. Uh, so I did see it during the game, but saw it a little bit more in rewatching the game. And he was feisty and absolutely. And Notre Dame needs Nolan Ziegler. I, they need him this year as a backup linebacker. I think, that, you know, I think those guys, the veteran guys, might have gotten a little bit more time off because he was ready. I think they felt he was ready to, well, he was the backup for the two inside linebacker positions. So I think they, Felt he was ready, but yeah, absolutely good for him. Glad things are going better for him, and um, hope he can have a, a a productive career at
0: Notre Dame. Yeah, and he's probably getting back into game shape too. There's no way he was in full football game shape going to that spot. So he he could help special teams in November. That's for sure. Next is W. Carry 14. What is your understanding of the timeout before the half that allowed USC to kick the field goal to make it 24-6? Jason Garrett said it was a shrewd move to call timeout and avoid the penalty yet it looked like they weren't going to get the snap-off, and if they had gotten the snap-off, Williams was going to spike the football.
1: Marcus Freeman is in total no-man's land there having to make that decision, but he sees his, uh, as I wrote it in the tale of tape, he sees his three blind mice offside over on the other side of the line of scrimmage, celebrating, and it's really funny to see their reaction when you see the end zone shot of when they realize it, Holy crap, I've got it. We got to get back <laughs> on side. But I. I,
0: What is Leofau doing? What is Leofau doing? I don't know. <laughs> Leofau
1: should know better. But yes. when, when it happened live, I said to you, great call by Freeman.
0: Because he's going deep. I would have thought because, the same
1: thing. Yeah, you can't. You don't know whether he's going to try to spike the ball or whether this time's is- going to run out or whether he's going to go 11 on eight.
0: And This whole and, thing here, okay. It, yet it looked like they weren't going to get the snap off, and if had they gotten it off, Williams was going to spike the football. We know that now. We saw the replay. We had he had to, he had to adjust in real time with the clock ticking from seven seconds is when the guys were jumping around to when he was trying to get him up. Look, I
1: thought Mark, yeah, I thought Marcus Freeman under the circumstances made the wisest decision when he had to when he, he had did. to make a, a decision in. Point zero, 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 one second
0: in real time. It was the decision I would have made as well, because I would have thought Caleb Williams would have thought to himself, I'm taking a shot here because it's the freest shot of all free shots. It doesn't matter if you throw an interception touchdown, you still get to kick a field goal in the next play.
1: Right. And even Caleb Williams has to work that through his mind in a split, split second too. I don't know what.
0: It looked like he was going to spike it, but I know that because I've watched a play 27 times. It's not the same thing as Marcus Freeman in real time. Yeah.
1: No, I thought I thought it was I thought it was a, a a you know, I'm not sure I would have thought of calling a timeout.
0: I, yeah, I, I was just I was just like, what in the world is going on? Was yeah, exactly. Wow, well, I not like, my job though either. So I think that's I almost,
1: important. I, I almost threw my pen when
0: uh well, he's not a punter. That's why you didn't throw your pen. So well, there was
1: What are they doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh right, we're gonna wrap up with a question from Cr Lewis80, and that is if Nordem goes 10 and 2, what are the odds of playing at full strength? Whom could you foresee skipping the bowl game?
0: I'd say the odds are none that they play at full strength nowadays. Yeah. Um, okay. So they're none. There's no, they're not going to play at full strength at 10 and 2. That's just no, the way it is nowadays. No. It's, it's a
1: problem. I, I don't. I mean, you see Joe Alt skipping a bowl game. I don't see him as.
0: I don't. Some linemen he, aren't Right. wired that way. But Patterson he could. Didn't. Um,
1: and, and Patterson had suffered multiple significant injuries and Joe all
0: he had to. Not. Patterson had to skip the bowl game. That was he would not have skipped the bowl game without the injuries. Wait, I mean, he would not. No, he would not have. I'm mean, sorry. I misspoke. He would not have considered skipping a bowl game without injuries. Jared Patterson, like, and he played and played. Yeah, yeah, he oh, yeah, know
1: right, okay, I see what you're saying. I'm we like, we went back and forth on played, Patterson he...
0: a little bit because we were like, "Well, you got to consider skipping the bowl game if you're Jared Patterson," but he still didn't do it. Um, I will forever
1: love Jared Patterson for that decision.
0: My for point, our ahead, all modern. <laughs> yes, my point is though all is also a first round draft pick, as opposed to Jared Patterson. Very, so very that's true. Very true. Yep. Um Hartman. I don't think we'll skip the bowl game. Assuming it's a major, a ten and two. All bets are off if it's not 10 and – if they're in the equivalent of whatever the Camping World Bowl is called right these days. Okay, but fair enough.
1: Ten, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. Ten, we're, and, and that's how the question was asked, a 10 and yes. 2. Fair I enough.
0: think Hartman will play the bowl game, the major bowl game, uh, the New Year's Day bowl game. I don't know if Estime would be advised too heavily not to.
1: I think Estime would skip it. Me too. And and
0: it's not a it's not an nope,
1: indictment so. on him. I just it's think – the that position. That, yeah, it's the position. How, Howard? How about Howard Cross? I don't he'll, think
0: Howard he'll Cross. play. He'll play. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um,
1: Cam Hart. Cam Hart. Pro, Cam Hart should skip it with
0: his injury it. history. Yeah, yes. 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 He has got him. So he he went from delusional draft pick last year before he got hurt to an uh, actual draft pick. Now <laughs> he should. Uh, he Cam Hart should be advised to skip the bowl game. Um hate yes. saying those things, but.
1: Yeah, I know. I would advise him to skip the bowl game. Um, let's
0: remind people that's three shoulder surgeries for Cam Hart already. He should yeah. skip the bowl
1: game. Oh, I bet JD Bertrand skips a bowl game.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't
1: I don't I don't foresee
0: that happening. Do, do you think there's still people it. that would advise him from our message board to skip the bowl game after last week's game, after this past game? Because I don't I don't think so.
1: I y you, you know, okay, you know how much I go on and on about tail of the tape. And I I had it might be my longest ever. And I hadn't written about JD Bertrand. I just said, nothing to say, man. And I said JD Bertrand was fantastic. End of story. He was he was great once again. If
0: He's, if there's anyone out there that still doesn't want JD Bertrand helping Notre Dame win football games, just know that we I asked JD Bertrand post game about Jalen Sneed, because that was Jalen Sneed's best game. And JD Bertrand's face <laughs> absolutely lit up. To talk about Jalen's need. There's another you know, well, thing you need to know about JD Bertrand.
1: That's what kind of guy he is and what kind of teammate he is. I, I he's one of the most productive linebackers in Notre Dame football history. Again, end of story. Productivity. Productivity. I mean, my God, I, I don't, I don't know what else you can ask for in a three year span than what you got from JD Bertrand.
0: You know what? It might be a, uh unfortunately there's not more guys that would skip the bowl game. <laughs> we looking at that one <laughs> in terms of overall top level talent because normally you're like, well, Kyle Hamilton's skipping the bowl game. These guys gotta skip the bowl game. Yeah, I don't
1: think okay. I'm I'm gonna go by position here. I don't think I agree. I don't think Hartman will. I do think Estimate will and and should in heart just because of injuries. In sure. heart because of injuries. Um all the first round draft choice stuff is certainly legit. I don't think Cross will skip. Devante Jean Baptiste. I think it's probably in his best interest to continue to add to his profile. But he is, he is, he's ended up having a really, really good season here. No,
0: someone's going to just, someone's going to completely surprise us and skip that we don't think about these guys in the Riley Mills realm and the somebody, you know what I mean? There's going to be someone weird. What if Xavier Watts does this to Clemson and, uh, Wake Forest and Stanford. <laughs> <Just
1: get up. laughs> but, yeah, and that thought that did thought did cross my mind when I saw this. What about Mitchell
0: Evans? No, I think he's coming back to Notre Dame next year. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I certainly hope that he does, but he doesn't have to.
0: No, but for anybody that thinks Mitchell Evans is getting beaten out by one of the young tight ends next year, I got news for you. Yeah, not going to happen. All,
1: All right, right, we can go on and on as we have, Tim. When it's when it's a two man team, we talk more than we do when it's three.
0: Well, we just asked. A, we had a question where we got to ask about the entire roster, so we couldn't well, stop going. <laughs> we're situation. gonna
1: we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with that one. We are coming back. We will have a podcast on Thursday, uh, despite the the bye week, and um, we'll probably continue much of this conversation. Most of which will be about how upset people are. Uh, people are more. I think there there are more people upset with the offense not being good enough then they are happy that they just beat USC by four touchdowns and I will remind people that norname's offense defense and special teams all wear the same uniform and so when you win by four touchdowns that is better than the offense story. like I'm I'm being a jerk here but I understand that that you know they offense, need to be
0: better on off they need to be better better offense
1: on offense needs to better there's no doubt about that all right rambling on here we're gonna wrap it up with that thanks for joining us This has been Irish Illustrated Insider.